I want people to be so obsessed with my podcast that they notice when a new one goes up and I don't have to send it to them. So that actually means nothing. You have to communicate that they have to turn on the notifications or else they literally have no idea. (laughs) Doesn't matter if you're me starting a podcast or Jordan Peterson starting a podcast. (laughs) You have to say, please turn on the notifications. (laughs) I, I don't know how to say that. I just tell you. How do I do that? You say at the end or the beginning, if you love this podcast, please leave a five-star review and don't forget to hit the notification bell. No way. That's YouTube. I don't know how to notify people of the podcast. I'll just have to keep texting 87 (laughs) people every time I do it. Hmm. All right. Quick fire round. You ready, Thor? Yes. What is your favorite food? Flat iron Wagyu steak seared then smoked. To an internal temperature of 142 degrees. <laughs> What's your favorite drink? Second question. I pair that with a nice Cabernet. What do you do for a living? I own a remodeling company. We fix what's broken. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Gladiator. <sighs> Moment of silence. Hmm. What's the furthest you've been from home? I'd say Jerusalem. Israel. Wow. What's your favorite firearm caliber? 300 win mag. 300 win mag. Great squirrel round. <laughs> I've never found a squirrel that won't topple. <laughs> that would withstand it. What's your favorite book of the Bible? Mm, changes upon this season of my life, but I'd probably say Proverbs. No, Ecclesiastes. Ooh, wow. Another moment of silence. <laughs> Did you hear the train? That happened right when we... Okay. What is your favorite book not from the Bible? Uh... Probably Thou Shalt Prosper by Rabbi Lappin. Oh, that's a good one. That's what I keep going back to, I'd say. How long have you been married? This will be year three upon this anniversary, I believe. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Levi Pretzer. Here we go. Goodbye. <laughs> Your podcast is on Apple po- my, Apple Podcasts. It is my. It is on Apple Podcasts. And I now get notifi- notification analyzed when you, get a, when you release one. Then so you don't why? have to text me anymore. Did you not listen to the thinking and opportunity? Is that was that before you got an iPhone? Well, is this an extremely recent thing? Let's see if I actually... do. You like your iPhone? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I do like my iPhone. I was an avid Android user for years. I think most of the people on this podcast know you just from your voice. We are talking to Thor. Is there a need for introduction? No. I'm the beloved brethren to the previous beloved brethren. (laughs) If you don't know who he is, now you know. It is I. The the Levy. (laughs) The Levy Thor. Leviticanu is probably the most unique nickname (laughs) that I've been dubbed. (laughs) When is is Odin due? When When is spouse going to deliver the Odin? March 15th, I believe. Wow. That is coming up. That's hard to believe. She grows by the day. Thor, what has God been teaching you recently? 
I would say to be more bold in my faith and not, I'd say not care what people think about me, but it is important to care what people think about you. I'd say have less fear of what people think about you. Mm -hmm. Or maybe no fear. Yeah, that would be ideal. Of people. Yeah. Question I ask myself is I'm very excited about the new hammer drill I purchased. And I tell people about it. Why don't I do the same with God? Wow. Wow, that'll make you shrivel up a little bit when you think, yeah. about, think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's been something I've been hearing a lot, actually, from uh, my CBMC meetings with Scott Strom and Warren yeah. Harshman and Gary Tenpenny and um, Jim Wayman and all those guys. Uh, Brendan Harshman, I could go on with names. They were, they, they, we, they, <clears throat> they've been talking that if you, like in your ongoing Christian life, if you're not sharing your faith and reproducing that in other people, you don't really have it. Like this, I can't, I don't, there, man, I could pull up the scripture verse on the CBMC website, but it's, it's, it's biblical hmm. that genuine faith produces more. Yeah. And that's, that's actually something that Shane and Ben talk, have talked about and, and witness have been a witness to me. And it's like, yeah. And yeah. the number one place to do that is to reproduce more of it in yourself, hmm. I think, and then your marriage and then your children, and then that's your household. Yeah. And if you're doing it in your household, something that I noticed is that if I'm reproducing more, no, if I'm cooperating with God's grace to be, it's hard to know how to say it, man. The more that God reproduces that faith in me and I'm walking with him and cooperating, cooperating, mm -hmm. and then it happens in my marriage and then it happens hmm. in my kids. Like if you, Jordan Peterson, we were talking about Jordan Peterson recently. Mm -hmm. he, he says he actually has this principle in his book. He says, <clears throat> get your own house in order. That's one of the rules. Mm. Get your own house in order before you go out and try to save the world. And it's the log in the other person's eye. So it's like, if my, if I'm walking with God and being obedient to him and really keeping my, <clears throat> excuse me, my act together spiritually, mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm being faithful in my marriage. I'm really paying attention to my wife and my marriage is thriving and I'm being a good father and I'm being really present and active and attentive and involved in my children's lives. Yeah. I start to change the world and I can't stop. It's like, I can't stop myself from being a witness to the world. It's like my, my life and my household become this like this, yeah. like this fog horn in the fog yeah. to people. And they like, they come to my house and they seek me out and they ask me questions. And, but if I'm like out trying to save the world, you know, trying to share IBC or trying to do this or that, and it's not working, it probably means that I'm like, like missing something a lot more basic. Yeah. Like something's off with Elliot or my marriage or something in the <clears throat> walk. Well, if your house is in order, people see that. And I think that's our biggest witness. Yeah. 
And if they see a wife that respects you, kids that come up and run up and say, you know, I love you, dad. And really that in itself is enough to change the world around you. And then if anything on top of that is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, and if you don't have that, it's quite the reverse. People see that. And then if you tell them something, they immediately think, well, this is coming from a guy who's not respected in his family. Why would I listen to what he says? Yeah. So that's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it just, it, that's the way that it, it's, this is the way that it works. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find that verse in Timothy, uh, CBMC Midwest operation, Timothy. It's the, it's a, but it's one of the, is that like the entirety of the name? Connect three trusted uh, young disciples. Where is the? Anyway, it's the it's it's the um. It's in one of the verses. Yeah, Second Timothy it two is. one. Then you, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is uh, in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach them to others also. Hmm. And. I got to be honest in the past, I've had kind of an aversion to everybody's an evangelist, like that the whole, everybody is an evangelist idea mm -hmm. because I think it takes very different forms in different people's lives. But look, if you're a, if you're a father, you're a discipler. Yep. Automatically. And then you become a discipler of others because people it's, it's, I love your, I love your, I loved your uh, illustration about the drill. Like you're so excited about this drill and you're telling everybody about it. Like if something great comes into your life, yeah. you're always telling everybody about it. Yep. Why don't we do that about our faith more? Well, and we can, I think you and I no, I know you and I are doing that more than we used to. And I yeah. just, I just pray for it to increase, you know? Yeah. Just get excited. May it about surpass it. the DeWalt SDS rotary hammer. <laughs> May it surpass Saying the rotary that is hammer. Even painful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's yeah. true. And you know, there's an there's an opportunity there where it's I think we're just missing out on a lot of joy or something. Yeah. Are you excited about encounter? No. <laughs> but I'm gonna do it anyway because I feel like it's the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. What made you feel like it was the right thing to do? Someone who loved me told me that I need to go. Who is that? That was you. Michael. Oh man. <laughs> I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> yeah. I would, I'm, I wanted to encourage some other people. Look, it was 42. So encounter the cross. I went, I can't remember. It was April or something. May uh -huh. earlier this earlier last year. Now, wow. It's 2023. Um, 42 hours. We spend two nights away. Uh huh. Just a deep dive. It was in, it's in Salina. Yeah. Sometimes it's in Wichita. This one's in Salina. Again, the one I went to was in Salina and it's just, it's like, um, a pilgrimage hmm. almost, or like a, like an intense workout. That's let's it's, it's needed. It's like a deliverance ministry too. It's really hard to describe it Yeah. unless you go, but that was the same with me. Like Ben Cormanic, 
Love you, man. Benjamin. The beloved Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> he loved on me and told me that he really, that I needed to go. Yeah. And it was like when he said it, it rang true. Like I knew he was speaking the truth and I didn't know how or why. And to be honest, Shana wasn't super comfortable. <laughs> she was like, what is Michael going to? And, but you know, I went and it was, it was just really unusual, not mm -hmm. normal and very good, very spirit filled, very biblical, very true. And then the, like, I still remember the most amazing thing was going and spending 42 hours with 400 guys. Mm -hmm. You don't see a woman for 42 hours. When I saw my wife, she, it was like she glowed. Mm. <laughs> like women <laughs> are so beautiful. <laughs> like it's not that guys aren't beautiful, but when like when you see, they're so different. It was like, oh, it's so nice. Uh, my wife is so much hotter than any man I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I would. <laughs> I feel the same way about my wife. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise it's the a Lord. very good thing. ETL. <laughs> oh, man. What has the Lord been teaching you? Oh, what has the Lord been teaching me? There's been some, I need to, oh man, can I talk about that? Some of it involves. Well, we still have yet to decide if we're actually going to post this or not. That's true. <laughs> we don't have to. I will tell you something that I learned. Here's really what I've, okay. Yeah. This is what I've been learning about God and from God, what God has been, this is what God's been teaching me. Mm -hmm. God has really been teaching me that he's a lot better than I thought he was. Mm. Yeah. True that dude. He's so good. He's so much gooder yeah. <laughs> than I ever realized that he was. Yep. And this idea that he was not as good as I think he is now is was just a lie from the enemy to keep me from him. Like it's, it, it sounds so cliche to say, but it's like, it's like Greg cook says, I love you, Greg. Greetings, Greg. <laughs> he says, what part of kill, steal and destroy do you not understand? Huh? The, the enemy, in other words, the enemy is the, I, the enemy is worse than I ever realized that he was. And God's so much better than I ever realized that he was. And the enemy hates how good God is. And he hates it when I step further into his goodness because he wants to kill. Yeah. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy as much as he possibly can, as fast as he possibly can. That's what he wants. Yeah. And God wants the opposite. God wants to, God wants me to mm. thrive and and ex and ex exceed and grow and have the deepest and most authentic enjoyment that I can possibly have in every conceivable area of my life. It's so good. What mm. he's been doing, he's, um, and I'm going to tell you a story and I'm not going to mention any names, but I have a friend who had a vision and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to even share a lot of the backstory on this friend because it, this is just really sensitive, but basically imagine it's hard for me to, I'm, I, I wasn't expecting to mention this, 
right now. So it's hard for me to think about how to tell this story, but basically there were people in his life who had passed away before their time, mm. people that were close to him. And he had a vision of, he went to the, he went to the gates of heaven and a woman came out and she had a scarred face and she stopped and spoke to him and looked at him and he saw that every memory of everything that had never happened was living inside this woman and that it's there in heaven waiting for him to experience. Whoa. And when he told me that story, like I got a vision of heaven of how good it's going to be. Imagine that your dad, imagine it this way. You have a dad and you're, you have this amazing relationship with him and you're five years old and he takes you fishing and stuff and, mm -hmm. and, and you work together on the farm or you do whatever. And you're just looking forward to everything you're ever going to get to experience with him. And then he dies when you're 12 or 15. Mm. And there's just years and years of stuff that you never got to do. Heaven is where you get to do that. Mm. Where there's no restraint on time or space or anything like that, that would prevent it. Actually, it doesn't just, it doesn't just comfort you in your grief. It takes away your grief by giving back to you what death and sin took from you. Hmm. All the years, all the memories, all the experiences of everything that did, they're stored up in heaven waiting for you when you get there. That would have been a very encouraging vision. Same, like if anybody's listening to this, if, you're, if, you, if you've lost a child, every, every fifth grade, sixth grade, high school, yeah. like I have come to believe that when the scripture says, behold, I make all things new, Jesus says, you know, I'm, I, I'm all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. I'm, I'm redeeming. God came to redeem and save what was lost. That what it's, that's what it says in the scripture. And that includes if you had a child that passed away in childhood, the rest of their life and everything that could have happened, all the, all the genuine, the way that you would have felt watching them play their high school football games, you know, the way that you would have felt watching them graduate from medical school. Yeah. You get to get those feelings because you get to get those, you get to have those experiences in heaven. Everything that sin and death and destruction ever took from you is actually given back to us in the, in the kingdom of heaven. Yep. You have a scripture verse there? I do. Well, that's, and look, I, yeah. I don't want to say this as like, I don't even know exactly what it means, what I'm saying, that's okay. but I'm just saying, this is what God, like, this is just part of how good God is and how good his plan is and how good heaven is yeah. and eternity is with him. The gifts that he's going to give us talk about uh, just m miraculous stuff like that. What, what do we, what do you got there? Well, people get really tangled up about who they think God is 
And something our pastor has been teaching us is like, who actually is God? We actually told us in Exodus 34, six, he said, because Moses was like, who the heck are you? God, let me get there. I'm, I'm opening my yeah. Exodus 34, Exodus 34, six, verse six, opening my, got my lovely Bible app here, by the way, Ray, I love you. And thank you for teaching me how to use the Bible app because it's really <laughs> helped me a lot. Ray taught me about the Bible app. 34, six. Here we go. Yeah. So the God of the universe who some people think, you know, is a murderer. People are scared of him. You think they think he's angry at us they, trying to get back at us. They see how their earthly father messed up. So that represent, you know, they subconsciously mm -hmm. relate that to their heavenly father. This is who God says he is. Then the Lord passed in front of him, which is Moses and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Some versions say faithfulness. If you break down the Hebrew, the word loving kindness represents the love that a mother has for an unborn child that's in her womb. Wow. That's, that's what, literally what the Hebrew word that's means. That's what the Hebrew wording describes. So God comes right out and says, this is who I am. I love you more than your mom loved you right before you were born. So if we operate our lives through that and like you're experiencing, truly realizing the goodness of our heavenly father, like once, once that happens, that's what unlocks the ability to talk more about God than my DeWalt hammer drill. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause that's exciting. That's amazing. Cause your whole world can completely get destroyed. But if this is who you think God is and more than that, if this is who, you know, God is, and this is the funnel through everything, through what everything flows out of your life, then what a gift. And it's right there for the taking. And what? That's the gospel, mm. right? Yeah. I, I experienced this again yesterday. Um, Caspian, my oldest son, <clears throat> he's seven years old. Um, he did a couple things yesterday that, were, that would you could classify as misbehavior. And when they do it, you, you can get upset with them in the moment. Yeah. And he, um, started throwing up yesterday evening and he was laying in his bed, looking all puny and kind of not acting like himself. And I was just kneeling by the bed. I was just holding him. I was rubbing his head and I thought, this is what, this is how God hmm. chose to describe. He chose to describe himself as our father. Yeah. And if I love my son this much, and if, he, if he's like honestly pissed me off this much <laughs> with, <laughs> with getting into stuff and disobeying and everything, yeah. And he's so Caspian, so good. Like how much good is in him is so much. Like if I love him that much, how much more does God, as my father, love me? And right. how much more? How much more eager is he to forgive me? Hmm. and wash away my sin and you know yeah embrace me back to himself i i, I just think it's a good depiction and i just think if you could man you could go back 
the things and the things that are waiting for us in heaven. I I think we've barely, barely. Oh, we have no earthly idea of what it's like. I think it's currently incapable to imagine. Yeah. Pull Pull that a little closer. The microphone. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I think they work a little better, better when you're a little bit closer. Yeah. But I, yeah, that's what God's been teaching me. He's so much. And see, Mm. I I have, I developed a pattern in in my life of being way really hard on myself. And I realized that a big part of my motivation of being so angry at myself and so hard on myself and so down on myself when I mess up in any, any, even the smallest way is because I feel like God is just like holding it against me and disappointed in mm. me. And he's not, he's like, no, why are you, you told me you were sorry like four times already. And I can, I, I can see your heart. I know that you're sorry. Like yeah. I, it's, it actually hurts God. If you can even say that about God more when I don't understand that he, that, that he's, when I treat him like somehow he's holding it against me, that's really the only thing, Mm. not what I did, you know, not that mean word that I spoke or that lustful thought that I had or Mm -hmm. that dishon or that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, hurtful thing that I said to somebody or whatever it was, that was hurtful. That was wrong to him and the other person. But what really was tragic to him was, Hey, I just, I'm not holding it. I'm not angry with you anymore. I'm not holding this against you. I'm not out to get you. Yeah. I'm, he's such a good father. And I think, I think, I think, um, you know, this attitude that I've had in the past and that I'm stepping out of, of I've got to like clean up my act before God will want to hold me again or before Mm. like here, here's this picture. Yeah. I had a vision back during, I was on my way out to Josh's house for, um, evening dinner at rifle, rifle camp Mm -hmm. at deer camp. And I had to pull over. It was night because I had a vision of who I really am. And I went online and, um, I tried to, this was really, this isn't exactly what I saw, but this is like as close to what I saw as I can find. An Italian long-haired handsome man holding a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I had this vision that God is just holding me and carrying mm. me. Th- like He's like a shepherd holding a lamb. Remember that when you're beating yourself up. Michael. Oh, man. It's been coming to mind a lot when I'm beating myself up. Mm. He's just... It's almost like when I misbehave, I'm like trying to jump out of his arms and sometimes I kick so hard that he doesn't want to, he'd have to squeeze hard enough. He'd have to hurt me for me to stay. And then I get down out of his arms and I get hurt and then I come back and it's like, I don't, it's like, I disbelieve that he wants to pick me back up again or something. It's which is ridiculous. And he's already picked me back up. It's almost like there's a reason we're called sheep. (laughs) Sheep are absolute idiots <laughs> randall we love you and your sheep but your sheep are i think you would probably agree not the smartest creatures on the earth <laughs> do you know randall i've heard his name floating randall around. carr yeah the lion i call him the lion county shepherd 
he has the, he has the eat goat he has the eat goat license plate on the front of his truck and then i found out he has more sheep than goats i'm like you're not a goat farmer you're a shepherd he's like i'm a goat farmer i'm like okay it's both he identifies as a goat farmer <laughs> yeah ton of but he's actually a sheep as farmer. a goat farmer but he's actually a sheep farmer that's the day and age we live in isn't it yes oh man oh well fascinating so we talked about the four stages of infinite banking today if you have not watched nate's webinar on that i strongly encourage you to i'm going to put it in the description of this podcast it's you go to livingwealth.com go to the wealth creation resources tab and go to training videos and webinars and i feel like i'm already there that was a really fast transition from our other conversations. <laughs> I just like yeah. jumped over. That's what my mind does. I just like switch over. But no, like it. This it podcast is sponsored by Living Well. <laughs> it is indeed. They approve. No, it's. Uh, I strongly encourage everybody to watch it. But we went through it. It's just a, such a helpful framework. It is helpful. For thinking about what we're doing with money. It's easy to get mentally confused on where you're at in the process of infinite banking because. A day can go by and you kind of stare at the dirt and think, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> other days go by and think, I would be dead if it wasn't for this. <laughs> then other days go by and you think, it's like, well, am I doing great? Am I doing bad? And I'm doing the right thing, but where do I stand? So that kind of lays out where you possibly might reside in the journey of infinite banking. It's very mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. It is indeed. Yeah. How long have we been working on this together? Infinite banking. I have your, we're on like the third year, I think. I think 2023 is year three. Yes. Yeah. Yep. If three. you can make it past year three or four, you'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> the first few years are slightly financially brutal. <laughs> But it, it really get, helps you to have a futuristic mindset. It does. It's one of the, it, it is one of the most difficult, one of the biggest difficulties that people have with it is just getting policies going. Yeah. But, but you know, the real reason for that is the tax reason. Yeah. It's because there has to, it's like the, the, the tax laws require that there's a cost of insurance on the policy at the beginning. Otherwise you don't get the tax favorable treatments of the policy for forever after that that makes sense the shortfall of liquidity in the early years of a policy taxes taxes suck if you're that yes they do by the way if you're listening to this and taxes are not your biggest expense i really need to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> because i haven't met anybody who answered that any differently if you if you have if you've got your taxes low enough that there's anything that you're spending money on that's bigger than taxes, we mm. really need to talk to you. And if you don't, we will haunt you through eternity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> taxes. What is it? Taxes rewards the, let's see. Taxes are a burden to those who produce and a reward to those who don't. Is that how it goes? Something like that. that. That sounds like an Ayn Rand quote. Where did you get that from? I thought I got it from you. Oh, well, it sounded new to me. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad it was you said from it. Someone else. Makes a ton of sense. Oh. It does. Uh, but 
somebody's got to carry the water and we will be responsible humans. Yes. We will carry the boulders when no one else wants to carry them. Speaking of water, we has been your most recent favored beverage? <gasps> My most recent favored beverage? Yes. Hmm. Probably Moscow Mules. <sighs> Those are really good. <laughs> let, let, let's take it. Let's do a big deep breath in and then a sigh together. Ready? <sighs> <sighs> Moment yes. of silence. There was a time in my life. <laughs> Does Robert Callahan listen to this? I don't think so, but I am definitely going to text it to him now. I apparently... Robert Callahan, we, we think the world of you. I hope you know that. You're a brick. We are the mortar. <laughs> of... Wait, I'm thinking of Mr. Callahan's son. Did you think of, were you thinking Wes Callahan? The bearded. Oh, Wes Callahan. Why did I say Robert? Wes is, Cal is there a Robert there Callahan? There are two Roberts, his <gasps> father and his son. Are you naming your daughter Robert? <laughs> Roberta? Yes. We can no longer post this podcast. <laughs> Wes Callahan. Why did I say Robert? Anyway. Wes, Wes, you are also a brick. But if either of the Roberts are listening to this, <laughs> you are just as brickish as your son or father, depending on which Robert is listening. <laughs> They're all bricks. But anyway, why did you ask? <gasps> you made was... him you made him Moscow mules at Josh's house. I remember what West Mr. C. I cannot Mr. C, I don't think I'll ever be able to get old enough to call you Wes. It feels like sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels wrong. Mr. C, I know you remember that. Let me tell my story. Tell it. I butted in, forgive me. I will show mercy. <laughs> There's a season of my life where I had access to a finely grown pile of fresh strawberries. <gasps> Have you ever had a homegrown strawberry? Yes. It will make store-bought strawberries taste like something not great. Raccoon dung. Slightly worse. <laughs> Slightly worse. Depends what the raccoon <laughs> ate before. Depends what the... <laughs> well, if you muddle those strawberries... At a very nice ginger beer topped with nice vodka, it creates, in his words, the best Moscow meal I've ever drank in my life. Where is this strawberry patch? It got decimated. Why? Locusts? I think my parents are constantly rearranging the garden, and I think it got lost in the rearrangement. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. It might still be there. That's but. terrible because I remember those, and they were amazing. They were amazing. Oh. Have you ever gotten that pama liqueur, liqueur the pomegranate liqueur? Mm -hmm. Mix that in a little bit. That's pretty good too. I feel like we don't fully understand pomegranates. Like, have, have you ever sliced open a pomegranate and just stared at it and thought to yourself, I can't stare at I it. I don't know you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't. Well, no, I haven't sliced one open, but my wife does. And I see that I'm like, there's something about that is just way. It's like, it looks extraterrestrial. Yeah. It's like, it is proof that we serve truly a creative God. <laughs> we do. The pomegranate. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the spider you ever heard the spider joke about wanting god created the spider no it's like give it 17 eyes <laughs> okay wait that's all right and eight legs all right that's enough and a butt rope <laughs> give it a butt rope <laughs> stop that's too much 
there's a reason that the worst thing in the Lord of the Rings is a giant spider. I do not like spiders. I think if you do, you have major psychological problems. <gasps> there, careful, there are people that like spiders. <laughs> well, then you have major psychological problems. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, did you ever see the video of that humongous spider that Josh killed in your mom's house? That was horrific. He tried to squash it and he only got it by the front legs and it was wriggling to get free. Yeah. And he was like, uh, mom, I have it by its front legs. <laughs> they, <laughs> they smashed it. Well, if you've ever been in our cellar, you would understand why the spiders get so big. It's like the ultimate place to grow a massive spider. Why? The cellar's like 6,000 years old. There's, there's a cellar little... at your parents' house? Well, the quote-unquote basement i did not know there was a basement there oh dude you have to see it <laughs> it's <laughs> is it it's she loves is it is it the actual she loves layer you walk into it and you think this is she loves layer <laughs> there's spider webs everywhere oh, i don't want to go have, you why would i want to go there break through a fresh web to get oh. down to the he touched your foot he did he's playing get... footsie with me now yes to get to the it's yeah <laughs> that's not good the video would make sense if you saw her salad there's a viral video of the guy that smashed a spider in his kitchen yeah with a broom a big one and then he lifts the broom up and like twelve thousand <gasps> tiny spiders all come running out of it all over the house and Ew. then the best version of that one is the next thing is the guy is like running from his house he jumps into his car and run, drives as fast as he can to a local NASA rocket pad, <clears> takes <throat> off from Earth, and blasts the Earth with a Death Star laser. <laughs> it's like the planet is ended. Didn't that happen in 2004? I think so. Yeah. Did you know that the average human swallows 12 spiders a year? Oh, that's not true. Yes. Oh, that can't be true. The internet says it. <laughs> I'm Googling this. Do people... What, in their sleep? Uh, how many spiders do, does the average person swallow a year? Yeah. You swallow... Fact or fiction? Fact or fiction. People swallow eight spiders a year. Oh, is it eight? Well, we, should we worry about arachnids crawling into our mouths while we're in dreamland? Uh, the fact is that people swallow eight spiders in their sleep yearly isn't true, not even close. The myth flies in the face of both spider and human biology. Well, this guy's boring. Why am I disappointed now? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously this website's a load of garbage. Wow. Well, depending on who you read, it's not a true thing. You heard I the story of my father and his encounter with a spider. Oh. So he had this violent attack in his ear, this itching, giving him issues, I think severe pain. When? This is years ago. So he went <clears throat> to the local clinic. The lady found her tool that allows you to see passage into someone's ear. This is like a science fiction movie. This cannot be real. There was a spider in there. Oh my god! Trapped in his eardrum. Oh my area. God. Oh, a big one. Couldn't have been that big. Yeah, it couldn't have been that big. And he had to get it professionally removed. 
That's insane. So I don't know if I agree with that guy. If it's against the spider's biology to crawl into a human orifice. How the heck did it get into my father's eardrum? Are you taller than your father or is he taller than you? I don't know. Is this a matter of debate? No, I am. It's purely biological. I'm six one and I have no idea how tall he is. So once we know that I'll text him. Your dad's a pretty tall guy. Yeah. Pretty big guy. He's not a small man. He's a bigger, How tall muscular tall? man. Yeah. He's jacked. Yeah. <laughs> Your dad's tough. There's no doubt about that. This has been great. This has been great. I don't know how to end this. Oh, you were talking about growing giant animals in your house. You were saying spiders. I knew a guy that had an attic and he purchased this house and didn't go into the attic for a long time until he heard scurrying up there and he went up there and there were rats like this big when they stood up on their hind legs. I'm making something that's slightly bigger than a football. There were bags and bags of old energy bars up there. No. That the rats had been eating and eating and eating and eating and it made them huge. True story. That's disgusting. That's, isn't that terrible? My father is six two. He is taller than you. He is taller than I. Are you taller than brethren? Yes. We love you, brethren. I love you, brethren, as well. <laughs> I confirm this love. <laughs> but yeah, God is so good. And that's something I've been reflecting on with infinite banking. I'm mm. so glad that God gave us infinite banking, a way to privately hold and use wealth liquidly. Yeah. When, when the government takes over banking and there's still a way there's still a way to privatize it and own it and control it. Yeah. That's an, I'm so thankful that there's a way. It's a good deal. We should all keep doing it. I fully intend to, I, I am doing it. <laughs> it's too late to back out. now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. So, huh. This has been great. Thank you, Michael. This, this has been Levi Pretzer brought to you by Michael Durier. We should do it again sometime. Until next time. Just remember, if you follow the herd, you will be slaughtered. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. <laughs> <if you're, laughs> oh, that's what I wanted to end with. Look at here. I want you to read this Bob quote. I found <laughs> Joe Cavanda. We love you too, brother. You will meet him someday. Joe Cavanda sent me this yesterday. I shall read it. It's a Bob Hope quote. <laughs> A bank is a place that will lend you money if you can prove that you don't need it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) He's been actively living that in his life. That's great. Keep it up, man. That a bank is a place that will lend you money if you can prove that you don't need it. (laughs) That's that right there is enough reason to become your own banker. (laughs) Time to be the bank. Over and out, people. Thor, thank you. I love you very much. Of course. The love is reciprocated. Praise be the Lord. Amen. Of all the heavens in the universe. Indeed. Indeed.